And I've just got one verse from the Bible that I want to talk about today. And uh, it's from the Message Translation. And it's Romans chapter 8, verse 16, which says that God's spirit touches our spirit. We know who he is. So then we know who we are. He's the father and we're the children. And if you will, I'd like you to think back to your earliest memories of hearing about God. Just the earliest times you can remember. Um, if, if you were brought up in a Christian home or, or uh, you know, a home like mine where Christianity was kind of a background belief, you might not be able to pick a moment when you first remember hearing people say anything about God. You know, it might be that your family didn't do that and it wasn't until you were in school or, you know, with friends that you realised that that some people did believe in God. Um, But think back, as far as you can remember, what was the first time you can remember hearing anything about God? Just take a moment. My parents taught me to pray very simple prayers. Um, you know, bless mummy and daddy and my brothers and help me be good. They really liked that one. And um, they were believers. And we sometimes went to church, but it was kind of in the background. And it wasn't until I went to school that I began to hear the stories from the Bible. Uh, and in those days, you didn't have RE, you just had what was called Scripture. And I love the Old Testament stories, you know, the heroes and the villains and the battles and the slaughter. It was amazing. I loved it. And uh, I also thought some of God's people were the stupidest men and women in history. Um, I didn't realize then that I was going to make all the same mistakes. But they were great stories. And then came the New Testament and the Gospels and the stories about Jesus And Jesus was just amazing. I mean, he was so smart. No one could pull him down or trip him up. There was nothing that Jesus couldn't do. Even if you were dead, Jesus could raise you back to life. Jesus was just amazing. Although from a 10-year-old's perspective, he was a bit slow sometimes. I mean, there was that village where people were mean to Jesus and the the 12 disciples wanted to call down fire on them. And I was with them all the way. And Jesus wouldn't do it, you know, so he's a bit slow to act sometimes. And then um, there was that last week of Jesus' life in Jerusalem. That really did get quite difficult, you know. Why all that stuff with the cross when Jesus was so clearly winning every argument. You know, all the children were coming to him in the temple and the people who weren't usually allowed in, like the blind and the lame. And you know why? When Jesus was so clearly winning. Why, you know, why the cross? But but of course it didn't end there. And Jesus rose from the dead. The, The soldiers were terrified by the angel. That was a great bit. And Jesus was there and the tomb was empty. And I was looking forward to what was going to come next because I knew that that cowardly Roman governor 
and those evil chief priests were going to get it now. As in every good story, the comeuppance was coming and Jesus was going to sort everything out. But he refused to sort everything out. He refused to take a single act of revenge. It didn't happen. Which meant that the chief priests and the Romans were still in charge. And in one form or another, they've been in charge ever since. And it got worse. Because the resurrection should have been the happy ending. But Jesus said, I'm leaving. He called it returning to the Father. He took them all to this mountain in Galilee. He gathered them all there. It should have been the best bit. And it was the worst bit. Because Jesus was leaving. You know any stuff about being my witnesses, but who wants that instead of Jesus? And he left. He disappeared. And there were two angels who said, don't worry, you know, he'll be back the same sort of way, but, you know, it's clear as you read on in the book of Acts that that wasn't going to happen anytime soon. Of course, if you're listening to a 10-year-old's reaction, you, you will realize that I didn't understand Jesus' message at all. You know, I understood something about God from the outside, but nothing at all, really, about God from the inside. I mean, there's the Father, the Creator, the Prime Mover, the unchanging and eternal reality behind everything. And I kind of got that. And there is the son who took on a human body, who lived our life with us and sacrificed himself for us. And I I sort of got that. But I did not understand about the spirit of Jesus, the unchanging, wonderful, powerful spirit of Jesus the living presence of God within us. The one who is your birthright if you follow Jesus. Because you can know about God, you can listen to people's testimonies and stories, but if that's all you do, you're just left with with questions, or I was anyway. Why doesn't God just sort it all out? You know, why didn't he sort it all out? If you're 10 years old, you know what happens if the bullies don't get sorted out. If someone doesn't stop it, you know what happens when you're 10 years old. Why doesn't God just sort it all out? Because sorting it, whatever it is, is not his priority. Sorting me out was his priority. Sorting you out is his priority. And yes, he will sort out everything. But if he doesn't sort us out as well, then how will we be part of it? If you let him, God will come close and touch your life. If you let him, 
God will come really close and touch your life and turn it upside down. You know, people worry about identity and freedom a lot these days. You know, who am I really? Am I what I inherited? You know, my family, my background, my education, my nationality, my gifts, all that stuff. Or am I whatever reality I construct in my own head? You know, I can be whatever I want to be. Or is freedom an identity about being allowed to do anything I want? Is that what freedom is? Or is freedom escaping the things that constrain me and hold me in, break free from every influence that limits me, my family genetic heritage, my individual DNA, my metabolic uniqueness, my soul sickness, all those habits that create synaptic pathways in my brain, or the social influences on me, all that advertising, propaganda, social media, paradigms, trends, his freedom escaping all that. But God says, you don't have to sort it out all by yourself. You don't have to do it on your own. I will take you by the hand and my spirit will touch your spirit and you'll know who I am and then you'll know who you are. God says, walk with me and all those other things will not be your prison. Letting God come close is not an easy thing to do because you have to give up control. There's no escape. If you let God come close, you're giving up control. Control is an illusion. We don't have control, but it's seductive. It's very seductive. Isolation can feel safer. And if you never said yes to God, you've never done that, you've heard something about God, but you kind of know from the outside, you have a chance today to say yes, to take his hand and let his spirit touch you, because he will. I loved Sahib's testimony, you know, his story. I was there in the congregation and I was worshipping and I didn't know if God was real And I asked God to come and touch me, and he did. And I knew he was real right then. Count the cost, because you're giving up control. You cannot take his hand and live in isolation at the same time. And for those of you, which which might be most of the people here, who have already said yes to God, remember that when you did that, you gave up control. His spirit is like a warmth, like a fire within you, and you can be responsive or not. God is a father, not a tyrant. He won't force you. The spirit is like a flame 
a warmth of fire within you. And you can be responsive or not. It's the same deal on the inside as it is on the outside. Remember, you chose to give up control. If you've never said yes and you'd like to, you have an opportunity today. Don't force it. If you're not ready, that's absolutely fine. But you have a chance to say yes today. And if you already did say yes, today is a day to remember that you gave up control. When you said yes, you gave up control. I'm going to ask everybody to stand, if you wouldn't mind. And if the band would come up, that would be amazing. And I'm going to pray a prayer of saying yes to God, taking his hand. And anyone who wants to can join in that prayer. I'm not going to make you come to the front. It's what you say to God that matters. But I do want to say this. If you say this prayer, tell someone else that you did that today. Because it's in the speaking of it out that it becomes real. Thank you, God, that you hold out your hand to every one of us. And thank you, God, that you have no favourites. You love us all. Lord, I want to take your hand now. And I want to ask you to touch my spirit with your spirit. And that I'll know who you are. And in knowing you, I will find myself. And Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. And I'm willing to lay down control right now. And I want to say, yes, Lord.